Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power, and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value any feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good and leave the rest. The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life to build my strength back up and restore peace, and I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be, and I know I say that all the time because Sometimes we may not be good. We may not be feeling so great and it is so hard uh, navigating addiction and loving someone or losing someone to addiction is so, so challenging. So from my heart to yours, I am here to help support you, help you through this process of being in the muck of loving or losing someone to addiction. Now, I had to do an episode on this self-centered nature of addiction. How do we overcome its selfish impact on our relationships? I constantly could not believe how selfish my addicted loved one was and his behavior and everything. And overcoming addiction, selfish impact is so, so hard. And so I thought I would do an episode on this because it requires so much self-compassion, so many firm boundaries, and a commitment to your own personal well-being. We need to prioritize our own mental health and our own healing. And what we can do is by doing that, we can find strength in the challenge of loving someone struggling with addiction. It is so hard. So here we go. So we're going to jump in. Like, so addiction is considered selfish because it tends to consume 
our addicted loved ones' thoughts. It consumes their behaviors. It consumes their actions. It is literally all consuming. And it basically makes them primarily focused on their drug of choice, on their substance, on their alcohol, on their gambling, whatever it is, it is their main focus and their main priority, right? And so they are just focused on behaviors that are going to support their addiction. So here are some reasons to help us understand some of the reasons why addiction can lead to these self-centered behaviors, selfish behaviors, and why it's so necessary for us to prioritize ourselves when we're dealing with someone else's addiction. So some reasons why addiction is so selfish is because the sheer preoccupation that they have. So addicts are frequently preoccupied with their addiction. That is where the selfish nature comes from. They may constantly be thinking about using a substance or, you know, getting their next fix or engaging in their addictive behaviors. They're constantly thinking about it. So that is what makes them, they, they are basically preoccupied entirely. And this preoccupation leads to very little mental and emotional capacity to consider the needs and concerns of others. They are all consumed and preoccupied by their addiction, which makes sense, right? I'm sure you've seen it. The other thing is, is addiction creates a loss of perspective. So addiction can distort a person's priorities and it can distort what they value. So because they are on pursuit of their addicted behavior or their addicted addictive substance, um, their behavior becomes their primary focus, their addiction rather becomes their primary focus and it overshadows all other important aspects of their life. So you no longer are a priority when, when in an addicted loved one's mind, they lose that perspective. And I think that's really key to know that they lose this perspective and it's distorted that their, their, their priorities and their values get distorted. Um, because I know for me, I took a lot of what was going on personally and it was incredible because as soon as I learned that they lose this perspective and I, I was educated on this idea that it made me realize, okay, you know, that it makes sense that it's not really about me and that their addictive substance or their behavior becomes the their primary focus. It overshadows all important aspects of their life, such as their relationships, such as responsibilities, such as paying bills, going to work, and even their personal well-being. They lose that perspective. They, they no longer are focused on normal or healthy priorities and their values, right? So this distorted perspective can lead to them oblivious to the impact of their addiction on others. I mean, mine was completely oblivious. I think probably still is to this day, has no idea. Um, And believing his story about, you know, we just didn't work. (laughs) So the other thing is there's manipulation and deception. So in order to sustain their addiction, individuals may resort to manipulative behaviors and deceptive behaviors. So they might lie, they might steal, they might engage in dishonest activities in order to obtain or to serve their addiction, in order to seek out their substance or cover up their addictive behaviors. 
So this can erode trust over time and it can put a strain on relationships and it just really reinforces this perception of self-centeredness, this perception of selfishness. And so this manipulation, lying and deception really does feed into this like feel a sense that addiction is so selfish and self-centered and it is. And then the other thing is, is that um, addicted loved ones, they might be neglecting responsibilities. And when they're neglecting responsibilities, the perception is, is that it's selfish. They're only focusing on themselves. Like here I am taking the garbage out, keeping the house together, making dinners, looking after the kids, right? So that this whole idea that comes with addiction is this self-centeredness is they're neglecting responsibilities, right? As addicts, I know for me, I was started to, take, do the truck payments. I started doing all kinds of things around the house because he couldn't and didn't and, and really neglected all his responsibilities and didn't even come home half the time. So addicts, as addiction takes hold, individuals often will neglect their obligations, their responsibilities, you know, such as work, family, personal commitment, all kinds of things like that. And so their addiction becomes their top priority. So you no longer become their top priority. Their job no longer is a top priority. Work no longer a top priority. So it leaves very little consideration for the needs and expectations of others. And that's why addiction is so self-centered and selfish. So the other thing is, is that addiction brings about self-destructive behaviors. It is inherently self-destructive. Uh, it damages physical health, mental well-being, and in relationships in general. And so addicts may prioritize their addiction over their even their own self-care. We've seen it time and time again, especially if you're listening to this podcast and you have someone in your life who is in active addiction, you can see their self-care going down this downward spiral getting worse and worse. And so it leads to this deterioration of their overall health. And it what it does is it further isolates them from others, from loved ones. And then that comes across as self-centered and self-focused. So some examples that might illustrate this self-centered nature of addiction is that they will neglect relationships. Bottom line is they neglect relationships. They're going to prioritize their addiction over maintaining healthy relationships with friends and family and even romantic partners, right? They isolate themselves or they will remove themselves from people that might get in the way of their addiction. I know mine did. Mine like got up and left. And so because I was going to get in the way of his addiction, so they might isolate themselves or they might become emotionally distant or they might, they're basically their primary focus is on obtaining and using or the substance or getting into their addicted behavior or engaging in that addictive behavior, right? So that is huge. So they're neglecting relationships for sure. Another thing that they might do is have financial implications. So addiction can lead to individuals, they prioritize funding their addiction. And I know mine did over meeting the financial responsibilities in the relationship. And so mine could no longer pay bills, but yet he could go out and drink all night and do his drugs. And he could steal from my wallet after my hard-earned money was in there and go and, and binge. And so there's financial implications that are very selfish and self-serving and self-centered. And so addiction can lead to 
this idea of prioritizing funding their addiction over meeting financial responsibilities. And so that is really, really huge. That's an example of the self-centered nature of addiction. And so this may put strain, this, they may spend excessive amounts on money. I remember Googling, like how much, how much does cocaine cost? Or like, you know, it's incredible how much they must be going through and, and using and, or even like gambling addiction, for example. Oh my gosh. So they may spend excessive amounts of money on obtaining their substance or feeding their addiction, which can lead to financial strain overall. And they might even resort to illegal activities or even stealing from you or from others and just to sustain their addiction. So this self-centered nature is basically, it disregards the negative impact on their loved ones. It disregards the negative impact on anyone else. It it, it basically disregards any long-term financial stability. And so that comes across as very self-centered and this is the self-centered nature of addiction. The other element is this manipulation deceit. So addicts may engage in manipulation, deceitful behavior, as I mentioned before, and they are going to do that to protect their addiction, which is self-centered, right? They might lie to you. They might steal from you. They might manipulate situations so that they can ensure that they can continue using. I know mine would pick fight. He would try to um, push my buttons or engage in a fight so that he he could leave and go and use. And it got to the point where I'm like, I know what you're doing. I can see right through it. It's like, you don't need to let, let's bypass the fight. And why don't you just leave? And so this is the idea that it's manipulating, it's deceitful. And so that they can engage in their addictive behavior. And so these actions, they really do demonstrate a self-centered focus. And it's a focus on them satisfying their cravings, regardless of the consequences of others. And so I hope that a lot of this information that I'm sharing with you is kind of like making you go, I see this, I understand it. Yes, it makes sense now, like, because it's so, you're probably witnessing it yourself. And so I just wanted to do this episode just to kind of make sure that like, oh my gosh, like if you're feeling this self-centered nature of addiction or you're feeling this selfishness or like, oh my gosh, you're so selfish. I just hope that this can help you understand it a little bit deeper. And so also, a big component of this is disregarding of others' feelings. This happened to me all the time. Uh, basically a disregard, like I would be like, I'm so upset with you right now. I'm so upset right now. And I would be trying to communicate why I'm upset. It's like, you're spending the whole night in the garage. What's happening? What's going on for you? Like I was trying to be understanding, but absolute disregard for my feelings. Like I can't talk about this right now. Or like, you know, like it is just complete disregard. And so addiction can cause individuals to really become emotionally detached and insensitive to others' needs. And I know that happened for me 100%. Complete insensitivity, lack of understanding what's going on for me, and and just disregard for my feelings in general. So they may become really dismissive, they might become indifferent, or they may even could become hostile when you when you attempt to express what's going on for you, or if you attempt to express concern, um, or you attempt to intervene or help or support. And I say help, he would get so mad at me for trying to help him and for caring. And so this idea is, is that there's a complete disregard for feelings, which comes across 
and shows you the self-centered nature of addiction. This soul focus is on their desire. Their soul focus is on their impulses, which leaves very little room for empathy, empathy or consideration in general. And so, yeah, so notice if there's a lot of dismissive, indifferent, or even hostile um, behaviors towards, even if you're expressing some sort of concern, you might get met with like some really hostile responses. This is the self-centered nature of addiction. The other thing is they will prioritize their own personal comfort above everybody else. Addiction comes first. It's self-serving. So addicts may prioritize their own immediate comfort over the well-being of others. And what they'll do is they'll basically... They might demand that others will accommodate their needs or that others will, you know, like I remember that like, you know, he, I, he demanded that he's not going on this trip with us and he wanted to stay home. Meanwhile, I really wanted him to come to be with family and to come on this trip. Anyway, he prioritized his own personal comfort so he could go on a binge and stay home. And so this self-centeredness disregarded the impact that it would have on me, on my emotions and my own well-being. And so they will prioritize their own personal comfort. They will prioritize their immediate comfort over your well-being and others. So they're going to demand that, you know, that we accommodate their addictive related behaviors, that we accommodate them, such as enabling their substance use or such as modifying plans so that we can accommodate their addictive behaviors or habits. And so that that's really self-serving and it's incredible, the selfish nature of addiction. So another thing that you might see happening is this idea of neglecting self-care. I mentioned it before and addicts will often neglect their own self-care because they're their, their addiction comes first. So they'll prioritize their addiction over even maintaining their physical and mental health. I remember mine would go without showers. He like stopped shaving and, and kind of, he was dirty all the time. It seemed like, cause he would half the time sleep, end up sleeping in the garage on the garage floor or like, he just didn't want to come in the house. He would be in the garage, like, I don't know, going, getting into stuff. And he was just so dirty all the time. And he neglected all his own. He hardly ate. He, you know, didn't have an appetite. He was up all night. And then he would eat bowls of fruit lubes <laughs> or like any of the sugary substance after. And it's just like his self-care went downhill, downhill, downhill. And so he was prioritizing his addiction over maintaining his mental health, his well-being. And he ignored basic things like hygiene, like brushing his teeth and proper nutrition. And, you know, and he would, we would go through Advil, um, bottles. I would buy liquid Advil and I'd be amazed that it would be gone in like two days. Uh, he would just like abuse them for the headaches and things like that. Who knows? Anyway, so this self-neglect, it not only harms themselves, but also can put strain on relationships in you and make you concerned. I know it did for me. And it really showed that he was going downhill, which really raised so much concern for me. So needless to say, all these things, that selfishness, that self-centered nature of addiction impacts relationships. It is so impactful. It affects us on so many levels and it can have emotional strain. Our loved ones often experience emotional distress when they're dealing with someone with loved ones. 
uh, due to their addiction. They, I felt neglected, unimportant, emotionally abandoned. I felt, you know, that the addict was focused primarily on his own needs, on his cravings, on his addiction. And I just felt left with sadness, anger, frustration, resentment. It had such an impact on a relationship because his self-centered behavior uh, really gave rise to my sort of codependent relationship where I was, I was started enabling or starting to trying to help him. And I was, his focus on his addiction became my priority to help him meet his needs and put his needs above my own because of his own selfishness even. And so it really does trigger this whole codependent downward spiral and it really made me lose my sense of identity and and purpose and and really by focusing all on him i lost my self-worth and it was just this perpetuating cycle that reinforced his self-centeredness because it became all about him and it also affected the relationship because there was financial burden i had resentment i was frustrated i was angry when i caught him stealing from me and that financial implication they can really place a significant burden on us as loved ones and addicts they may borrow money they're going to steal money they're going to rely on financial support from friends and family and just to sustain their addiction so there's that financial burden right and that can add strain and that can feel lead to feelings of resentment towards the addict and their self-centered behavior, not to mention the trust issues, right? Uh, basically addicts, they engage in manipulation, deceitful lies to protect their addiction. So that can erode trust in relationships that can erode loving connection that can just devastate a relationship in general, right? And you question their honesty and you question what they're telling you, right? And actions end up speaking louder than words. And so that self-centered nature of addiction really does create this sense of betrayal and betrayal trauma and just making it really difficult for us loved ones to trust an addict again in the future. So, so hard, huge impact of the self-centeredness of addiction on relationships. Now, that's not to mention the neglected needs. I was so neglected. So the self-centered nature of addiction can lead to basically us feeling neglected, our needs feeling neglected, our like our values disregarded. And so this, the addict's preoccupation with their addiction leads to a lack of emotional support, leads to lack of attention, lack of engagement in activities that used to bring joy to our relationship, that used to be really fulfilling in our relationship. That all goes down the tube. So we might feel sidelined. We might feel unimportant. We might feel that, you know, leading to feelings of loneliness and abandonment. I know I felt abandoned. So this is huge and neglecting, neglecting our needs. And that impacts our relationship. We might feel that burden, emotional burden. Oh my gosh, right? That physical health impacts as well of stress, of loving someone with an addiction, of the self-centered nature of addiction. So this constant exposure to self-centered behavior of addiction, it takes its toll. It takes its toll on us emotionally. It takes its toll on our health, on our the stress levels, like the stress, anxiety, and the emotional turmoil associated with dealing with addiction. It leads to so many things that are just not good for us, right? I remember the 
feeling of depression. I remember anxiety. I remember sleep disturbances. I remember just like I would get pimples on my chin from the stress. It's unbelievable the emotional and physical impact that this self-centered nature of addiction can really have on us and take its toll. So the bottom line here, and I know I say this all the time, and I know that this is what we really need to do. And this is what the podcast is about. This is what the book's about. It is all about prioritizing yourself and that recognize that it's important to prioritize oneself in the selfishness of addiction, because we need to stop letting addiction come first. When dealing with someone else's addiction, it becomes crucial to prioritize yourself. And there's so many reasons. Self-preservation. We need to preserve ourselves. If you prioritize your well-being, you can protect yourself from the negative consequences that come with addiction, right? The emotional negative consequences and the physical, like just the stress, exhaustion, depletion. We need to really set those boundaries to take good care of ourselves so that we can reduce the likelihood of that the, the addicted loved one's behavior, the impact that it has on our life, Right. The other thing we need to do is to prioritize ourselves is to recognize that by prioritizing the addict's needs above our own needs, we're inherently enabling them. We're inherently enabling their addiction. We're prioritizing their needs. We're making them comfortable. And we need to recognize that behavior. And we need to, instead of rescue, save, fix, you know, prioritize their needs. They're already selfish. They're already focused on their own needs. They're already self-centered. So we need to focus back on ourselves and our own needs and recognize that when we serve are constantly thinking about them and, and meeting their needs, we might be inadvertently enabling the addicted behavior and we might be unintentionally reinforcing their self-centered behavior. We're feeding into it. We're helping them. And uh, so we need to prioritize ourselves. We need to move ourselves up on the priority list because addiction is self-centered. It already has all the focus. So let's shift that lens back onto you and prioritize your well-being. So your emotional and mental health is so crucial. The focus on that, coping with someone, someone else's addiction can be emotionally draining, psychologically taxing. So what we want to do is prioritize your own emotional and mental health. It'll ensure that you have those necessary resources, that you can navigate the challenges that come with, you know, the self-centered nature of addiction and really important. So the message here is encourage also that, the message is to encourage you to prioritize yourself so that you encourage the addict to take responsibility for their own actions. So they need to seek help on their own. They need to get a clear message that their addiction is, you know, they no longer can dictate, manipulate, use, uh, neglect, right? That dynamic of a relationship, it's almost like creating, it's like, wait a second, I'm no longer going to you know, deal, like have your self-centered nature of addiction suck me in and make me focus and give you all the power. So it's almost like creating that boundary of stepping away saying, okay, I'm like addiction is also 
already self-centered. It's already selfish. I don't need to be putting more. I can offer support, obviously, but what we want to do is recognize that it's not at the detriment of you. It's not feeding into this self-centered nature of addiction. So prioritizing oneself doesn't mean that you're abandoning or neglecting the addict. It instead means that you're recognizing that your boundaries are necessary for your own well-being, moving yourself up on the priority list, you being self selfish for yourself and your own well-being, and that you're, you can still offer support. You can still offer encouragement. You can still offer guidance if you need to when appropriate. Because addiction is so complex, it's already selfish, it's already self-serving. So it's really important for you to also recognize all these things can erode us mentally, emotionally, physically. And so we do need to recognize how much are we feeding into this self-centered nature and recognize that we need to prioritize ourselves and that the self-centered nature of addiction has an impact on us on those who love someone with an addiction. So the key takeaways here are basically that addiction often leads to self-centered behaviors. They, they, the individuals are all consumed. They're consumed about obtaining and using their addictive substance or engaging in the addictive behaviors, right? Self-centeredness in addiction can manifest through basically things like preoccupation, manipulation, neglecting of responsibility and distortion of perspective of like what's a priority in their life. And they put addiction over relationships. They put addiction over responsibilities and other important aspects of their life. Just knowing that can be very, very empowering. And so the self-centered nature of addiction can have huge impacts on the loved ones, us, it has huge emotional strain. It can trigger codependency nature where we're caring so much about their needs and then we feed into this self-centered nature of addiction. It can have financial burden, create trust issues, neglect your needs and impact us on an emotional level. So I just want to humanize that for you, that the self-centered nature of addiction it makes sense that it is having a huge negative impact and potentially having a huge negative impact on us, the loved ones, those who love someone with an addiction. And so the bottom line is, is it comes back to prioritizing yourself when dealing with someone else's addiction for self-preservation, for avoiding enabling behavior, for maintaining emotional and mental health, and for encouraging accountability. So you're putting it back onto them. Your side of the street is clean. So putting the addiction back onto them. And so the other thing you might want to do is reach out to support groups. If you have not joined the Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction support group, we've got a private Facebook support group. I'm so excited because we do have an app coming out as well at the end of August. And that'll be so great for support for us and our community and just easier to navigate and network and be in privately. And, um, and also seek out, you know, friends and family and professionals that can support you through all of this, because it becomes essential to recognize that the self-centered nature of addiction 
really makes for a tough relationship. So we need to take steps to prioritize our self-care and we need to take steps to seek out ways that we can help ourselves in this situation to navigate the complexities of addiction because let's face it, it's so hard, so hard. So if you want more, obviously there is my, so many resources to support you uh, for taking back your power. There's so many episodes. This is a podcast that you're listening to. We have so many episodes here to support you, but if you want to dig a little bit deeper, you want to get below that and get really into the nitty gritty, I do encourage you. I invite you to purchase the book, Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction, because I use the science of well-being in order to help you navigate taking back your life, building your resilience, tapping back into your self-worth, your needs. It is all about you and not your addicted loved one. So that can really, really help you. So just a final reflection question. So how can this conversation that we've had today about the self-centered nature of addiction, how can this deeper understanding help you? and help you really gain some personal insight around what might be going on and how you could prioritize your well-being and better support yourself. I know for me, once I have this awareness, it's like, okay, this self-centered nature of addiction, it really makes me like, he's not caring about me anyway. And almost like, it's like, all he cares about is addiction. It's not about me. And what it does for me is it kind of makes me think, so you know what? I'm going to take back my power. I'm going to prioritize me and I'm going to tap back into as hard as this all is, I'm going to focus on my healing, my own recovery. And I say that recovering myself. And I'm going to focus on building hope for myself for a better future, regardless of whether that person is in your life or not. It is so empowering. This information is empowering, right? This increased awareness can help on so many levels to set boundaries, to prioritize your needs, to practice yourself, caring for yourself strategies. And that's about it. I hope that this episode was helpful for you. It is all about this idea of within the storms of addictions, self-centeredness. That is going to be there. Addiction is selfish. We have the strength to rise above that wreckage. We can tap into self-compassion, firm boundaries, and really have a fierce commitment to our own healing, to prioritize our own power, mend our own broken hearts and nurture our own well-being. So I'm sending you so much love and hugs that on this journey here so that you can find more resilience, so you can tap into your hope. And so you have the capacity to really rebuild amidst all this chaos of addiction. So sending you so much love and compassion through the line. I hope it wraps you with love and compassion and just finds you as good as possible. Again, I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, but I'm so happy that we found each other. Sending hugs. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. 
Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.